The First Discourse Against the Arians, Chapter 2, by Athanasius of Alexandria, translated by John Henry Newman and Archibald Robertson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Extracts from the Thalia of Arius Now the commencement of Arius's Thalia and Flippancy, effeminate in tune and nature, runs thus. According to the faith of God's elect, God's prudent ones, holy children rightly dividing, God's Holy Spirit receiving. Have I learned from this that the partakers of wisdom, accomplished, divinely thought, and wise in all things, along their track have I been walking with like opinions, I, the very famous, the much suffering for God's glory, and, taught of God, I have acquired wisdom and knowledge. And the mockeries which he utters in it, repulsive and most irreligious, are such as these, God was not always a father, but once God was alone, and not yet a father, but afterwards he became a father. The Son was not always, for whereas all things were made out of nothing, and all existing creatures and works were made, so the word of God himself was made out of nothing, and once he was not, and he was not before the origination, but he as others had an origin of creation. For God, he says, was alone, and the word as yet was not, nor the wisdom. Then, wishing to form us, thereupon he made a certain one, and named him word, and wisdom, and son, that he might form us by means of him. Accordingly, he says that there are two wisdoms. First, the attribute coexistent with God, and next, that in his wisdom the Son was originated, and was only named wisdom and word as partaking of it. For wisdom, saith he, by the will of the wise God, had its existence in wisdom. In like manner, he says that there is another word in God besides the Son, and that the Son, again, as partaking of it, is named word and Son according to grace. And this, too, is an idea proper to their heresy, as shown in other works of theirs, that there are many powers, one of which is God's own by nature and eternal, but that Christ, on the other hand, is not the true power of God, but, as others, one of the so-called powers, one of which, namely, the locust and the caterpillar, is called in Scripture not merely the power, but the great power. The others are merely, and are like, the Son and of them David speaks in the Psalms when he says, The Lord of hosts, or powers. And by nature, as all others, so the word himself is alterable, and remains good by his own free will, while he chooseth. When, however, he wills, he can alter as we can, or as being of an alterable nature. For therefore, saith he, as foreknowing that he would be good, did God by anticipation bestow on him this glory, which afterwards, as man, he attained from virtue. Thus, in consequence of his works foreknown, did God bring it to pass that he, being such, should come to be. Moreover, he has dared to say that the word is not the very God. Though he is called God, yet he is not very God, but by participation of grace, he, as others, is God only in name, 
and whereas all beings are foreign and different from God in essence, so too is the Word alien and unlike in all things to the Father's essence and propriety, but belongs to things originated and created, and is one of these. Afterwards, as though he had succeeded to the devil's recklessness, he has stated in his Thalia that even to the Son the Father is invisible, and the Word cannot perfectly and exactly either see or know his own Father, but even what he knows and what he sees, he knows and sees in proportion to his own measure, as we also know according to our own power. For the Son, too, he says, not only knows not the Father exactly, for he fails in comprehension, but he knows not even his own essence, and that the essence of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost are separate in nature and estranged and disconnected and alien and without participation to each other, and, in his own words, utterly unlike from each other in essence and glory, unto infinity. Thus, as to likeness of glory and essence, he says that the Word is entirely diverse from both the Father and the Holy Ghost. With such words hath the irreligious spoken, maintaining that the Son is distinct by himself, and in no respect partaker of the Father. These are portions of Arius's fables, as they occur in that jocose composition. Who is there that hears all this, nay, the tune of the Thalia, but must hate and justly hate this Arius, jesting on such matters as on a stage? Who but must regard him, when he pretends to name God and speak of God, but as the serpent counselling the woman, who, on reading what follows in his work, must discern in his irreligious doctrine that error unto which by his sophistries the serpent in the sequel seduced the woman, who at such blasphemies is not transported. The heaven, as the prophet says, was astonished, and the earth shuddered at the transgressions of the law. But the son, with greater horror, impatient of the bodily contumelies which the common lord of all voluntarily endured for us, turned away, and recalling his rays, made that day sunless. And shall not all humankind, at Arius's blasphemies, be struck speechless, and stop their ears, and shut their eyes to escape hearing them, or seeing their author? Rather, will not the Lord himself have reason to denounce men so irreligious, nay, so unthankful, in the words which he has already uttered by the prophet Hosea, Woe unto them, for they have fled from me, destruction upon them, for they have transgressed against me, though I have redeemed them, yet they have spoken lies against me, and soon after they imagine mischief against me, they turn away to nothing, for to turn away from the word of God which is and to fashion to themselves one that is not, is to fall to what is nothing. For this was why the ecumenical council, when Arius thus spoke, cast him from the church, and anathematized him as impatient of such irreligion. And even since has Arius's error been reckoned for a heresy more than ordinary, being known as Christ's foe and harbinger of Antichrist. Though then so great a condemnation be itself a special weight, to make men flee from that irreligious heresy, as I said above. Yet, since certain persons called Christian, either in ignorance or pretense, think it, as I have said, little different from the truth, and call its professors Christians, 
proceed we to put some questions to them according to our powers, thereby to expose the unscrupulousness of the heresy. Perhaps when thus caught, they will be silenced, and flee from it as from the sight of a serpent. End of chapter 2